Hello, welcome to Talking About Our Beautiful Savior podcast, episode number 33. Very good. And I'm Pastor Alex Grove. <laughs> I'm Carrie Grove. Today is May 12th, not to date this or anything, uh, <laughs> people are listening in the future. It's May 12th, 2023. Happy birthday, Emilio Estevez. <laughs> Gordon Bombay from the Mighty Ducks movie. Oh, yeah. Um, and also star of Mighty Ducks 2. And mm-hmm. then uh, I believe he had a cameo in Mighty Ducks 3. Yes, he did. I only saw Mighty Ducks 1 and it was the best movie ever. But I didn't see 2 and 3, but I did see the cameo. So you're still, you have no idea what happened. In no, two and three. I don't know what happened. What happened? Something with. They win. <laughs> How'd you guess? <laughs> No, it's great in Mighty Ducks, too, because they're taking on the world. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because yeah, they go to the Olympics. Are they called the Miracle Team? I don't uh, know. Miracle? Mighty no, Ducks? No, okay. they're just called the Mighty Ducks. Okay. And there's uh, one guy has something called the Knuckle Puck, where he sets the oh, puck on the side and then hits like a knuckleball with the, yes, the puck. I remember it's that. so cool. And the Bash Brothers. So, yeah, happy birthday, Emilio yeah. Estes. Uh, we Big know you're, day. We know you're listening, so hey, this one's for you. <laughs> Our theme for today is he lives and calls me to live for him. Mm. So we're still, still on the Sundays after Easter. Mm-hmm. We're going to start first with our lesson, our Sunday school lesson, which is Jonah. First three chapters of the book of Jonah. Very much like this lesson. Yeah, this is great. So God comes to Jonah and says, do what? Where should he go? Well, you have to go preach to the people in Nineveh. Yeah, Nineveh is the capital city of Assyria. Why do you think did Jonah not want to go? Jonah, God tells Jonah to go. Jonah's like, I'm not doing that. And he runs the other way. <laughs> um, well, they lived a very different lifestyle um, that Jonah would have. Um, you know, op- open sinfulness, but also like aggression. Like he would not have been welcomed. They were a with very violent message. people. And Israel had had their run ins with them. It's possible that Assyrians had killed or hurt. People Wait, that Jonah so the knew Ninevites were Assyrians? Mm-hmm. Nineveh is the capital city okay. of Assyria. That makes sense. Yeah, so it's possible that people Jonah loved and knew had been hurt or even killed by the Assyrians. So oh. you can imagine that he'd say, one, like you said, I don't want to go there because they're going to kill me. And two, I don't really want them to come to faith because you know yeah. they're mean. They don't deserve your grace. This isn't part of the Sunday school lesson, but in Jonah 4, you know, God forgives mm-hmm. Nineveh. doesn't bring on them the destruction that he's threatening and jonah's kind of emo about it little <laughs> has a little temper tantrum yeah. outside of nineveh yeah as so, if he deserved god's grace right more. yeah that's an important part of this lesson too so jonah immediately rejects god's command tries to run away Whew. which is pretty silly because god is everywhere god knows uh, jonah gets on a boat as if you know I, you know, God can't follow me on a boat. Yeah, sorry, God. Now I'm off limits. I don't know what he's thinking. Uh, but God sends a thunderstorm to throw a wrench in Jonah's plans. The storm is so bad that these professional sailors on the boat think that they are going to die. And eventually they, they, are, they find out it was Jonah. Jonah is the cause of it. And he admits, you know, this is because of me. Which is kind of an amazing thing that he recognizes this storm is meant to deter me. Yeah. He tells these sailors, uh, you need to throw me overboard. <laughs> it's kind of... <laughs> That's know, pretty amazing. Yeah. Like, that does show... There's there's something there. I mean, Jonah, yeah. I mean, he's rejected God's command, but he, he doesn't want anything bad to happen to these guys. And just, yeah, yeah throw me overboard. It's what just, I, I don't know. And maybe I, that's a statement of maybe trust, like knowing, okay, if God 
wants to keep me safe, he's going to. Or maybe it's just yeah, like I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. Anyway, the sailors don't want to do that, which is a credit to them yes. too. So they try as hard as they can to row the boat you know, in the right way, but it doesn't work. So finally, they throw Jonah overboard, and the uh, sea immediately grows calm. And uh, it's interesting. They end up making sacrifices to the true God. Mm-hmm. So is that lasting faith? I, I don't know. But at the very least, it's Jonah's, something. you know, here's here's this story that's about a prophet disobeying God. And as this is happening, as God is dealing with this disobedience, <laughs> he seizes the opportunity to show his power yeah. to people that did not believe in him. And they understand it because Jonah kind of explained. Mm-hmm. So Jonah's sinking down. God provides a large fish. Uh, it's often, you know, and shown in like, kids' books as a whale. Uh, a whale. Mm-hmm. It could be. There's nothing to say that it wasn't a whale, but we just, it's large fish is what we, we know it as. Uh, and Jonah miraculously survives inside the belly of the fish. Chapter 2 is a prayer that Jonah prays inside the fish. Beautiful. Yeah. What's the most uncomfortable place in which <laughs> you've ever prayed? Was well, it the I've belly never... of a fish? <laughs> Because if it wasn't, then Jonah wins. Jonah wins. It is a beautiful prayer. Jonah too, I mean, pretty much all of it is is Jonah's prayer. And it's humble. And he's praying to God Mm -hmm. and basically just, rescue me, I don't deserve it, but please rescue me. And God responds by having the fish vomit Jonah out on dry ground, (laughs) which is one of the grosser verses (laughs) in the Bible, I would say. Uh, But at the same time, a beautiful rescue that this prophet that has rejected God and has, you know, literally running away from him god rescues him and he bursts forth from the darkness depths and vomit yeah yes uh there's parallels here um between jonah and jesus and jesus actually mentions that directly in the gospels it says the the people will receive nothing other than the sign of jonah so as jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and survived and came back and jesus was in the the tomb for three days and came back wow well, chapter 3, God says to Jonah again, Hey man, go to Nineveh. And Jonah's like, I don't want to get vomited by a fish again, so this time he goes. Uh, Nineveh has about 500,000 people, which is makes it a huge city at that time. I mean, it's a pretty giant city. And Jonah had a very simple task. You know, preach a message 40 more days, and Nineveh will be overturned. So, message of judgment. Mm-hmm. Repent, get your act together, or God's going to punish you. And it takes a day it takes a three a one day wow. for the people of Nineveh to believe and so the king of Nineveh amazingly commands all the people to fast and sit in the dust and uh, this was a visible sign of, of grief and you know, people would often do this in this time in the Middle of East is just to demonstrate we are truly sad about something that has happened Good and morning. even even the animals were to go without food you know wow. so this wasn't like the animals were repenting but the sound of the animals crying out for wow. their food would add to this, you know, atmosphere that we've done something very bad and we understand it. Wow. And so God saw their repentance and did not bring upon the pun- them the punishment that he had threatened. So we see God's mercy throughout this. Even as he's, he's holding people accountable, this is a great lesson for saying, yeah, God takes sin and disobedience seriously. And he but he so also merciful. wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. He's mm-hmm. patient with Jonah. He's patient with these people who had done awful things to his chosen people, Israel. Mm-hmm. So God's patience is definitely at the heart of this lesson. Uh, Jonah doesn't get abandoned by God, even mm-hmm. though he could have been. God rescues him. And yeah, and God uses him to like turn uh, a nation like, yeah. back to mm-hmm. 
the promised savior or well to the promised savior yeah yeah it's it's pretty incredible what god allows him to do and we think yeah god allows us to do similar things even though we've we've rejected him and rebelled against him in lots of ways we've been selfish Uh, one one more thing maybe to mention here um People, Bible critics, you know, jump on this section as being ludicrous. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, who could survive mm-hmm. in a fish for three days? Like, this must be some sort of fable or made up. But it's kind of like God's thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, where he does things that seem impossible. So to remove this element as if this is just sort of a, a, a right. metaphor for being really, you know, in your feelings or down in the depths about what you've done is to rob this, this whole account yeah. of... You know, it's hard, which and is... And there's nothing to suggest, like, the language that is no, used. It's just straightforward. No. If, if you're going to take the this book, the book of Jonah, the way that it was intended to be taken by the writer, uh, you take it as a historical thing. Mm-hmm. And yes, the, the it is amazing that he survived in the belly of a fish, but that's the point. Mm-hmm. It's a miracle. So you're either comfortable with miracles in the Bible or you're not. Right. But it's, it's always been weird to me that um, Christians would look at something like this and say well that couldn't have possibly happened i mean like, the red sea turned to blood of course but mm-hmm. jonah couldn't get out in the nile river <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty that was going to be a pretty sick burn on the hypothetical <laughs> liberal christian uh liberal in terms of believing the, the bible um <laughs> but unfortunately oh. yeah it's in the, it's in the aisle. so unfortunate uh yeah but to, to, to say that god the red sea god god couldn't do this thing but right. he is also still god i mean it's just it doesn't it doesn't make sense if god is god then he can do whatever he wants including and, rise from the dead right all right our first lesson comes from x 17 paul's in athens and he's walking around the city. He sees all these temples. I think it was thought that there were as many, or it was said, I don't think this is true, but the, the saying was that there were as many temples in Athens as there were people. But it's just a way of saying they had tons of temples to false gods. Wow. Um, so Paul is, is there. He's. It's funny. Um, I don't know if you remember the, the context of, of Acts 17. He's running from, um, he, he's been kicked out of Thessalonica. Uh, a riot broke out and he escapes and goes to Athens, and you think if there was ever a time to lay low and just sort of like <laughs> be, be a tourist, let's walk around Athens and I don't know, what are they? Put a hat on. I'm going to eat some baklava. Yeah, a hat. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Like a hat? Like yeah, a picture, so like a, see who he was. A, a funny it's... mustache? Yeah. <laughs> funny mustache and glasses? Uh, yeah. Is that Paul? No. No. Paul doesn't have Could a mustache be. and big glasses and a hat. <laughs> So, no, Paul, of course, takes the opportunity to go and, and preach the gospel mm-hmm. very publicly. And he preaches about the resurrection of Jesus, which you can expect. But people thought that was ludicrous. I mean, they, right. they call Paul a, a babbler, and they use this uh, derogatory term that has a sense of, like, um, I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I studied this, but I think it's like, like uh, how a chicken will, like, peck, you know, mm. pick little things off the ground and eat them. That oh. Paul has basically taken all these little bits of religion and just combined them into one message. Wow. So yeah, they're they're not. It's people are interested in what Paul has to say, but they also think it's ridiculous because mm-hmm. they just the resurrection is not mm-hmm. was not a concept for them. They did they had no. I mean, in some ways they believed in an afterlife and Hades and and you know the Mount Olympus where the gods were, but they didn't. The idea of a physical resurrection was so ludicrous to them. And so these people were like very learned like 
yeah. scholarly individuals. Yeah, in fact, it's, I mean, Luke has sort of, Luke, the author of Acts, has kind of an editorial comment here where he says that the people of, of Athens did nothing but sit around and talk about ideas each day. I mean, that's kind of their Sounds thing. Sounds like is, college. Yeah, <laughs> it does in some ways. Yeah, it's, a, it's this is the cradle of philosophy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're just sharing ideas. It's, that's, that's what they do. Yeah. Um, but people are interested enough that they ask Paul to come speak at, on Mars Hill before the Areopagus. You know, there was, it's kind of the religious council of, of Athens that basically passed judgment on religious ideas, worldviews and things like that. So Paul comes and he has a chance to speak mm. before them. And he says, I see that you're very religious. You know, like, it's interesting. We talked about that in chapel this week. How he's, he's coming and building a bridge with them, offering just a general assessment of them. It's not really a compliment, but he's just saying, hey, I see that you're very religious. Affirming. Yeah. yeah. And then mm-hmm. he says that you're, I saw, as I was walking around the city, I saw a temple to an unknown God, which so is. So awesome. Yeah. Do you remember why, why would they do that? Uh, well, they wanted to make sure they covered all their bases. So mm. just in case there was some guy that they didn't know about, they yeah. wanted to make sure he had the temple. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so if we somehow skipped you, God, don't get mad. Here's mm-hmm. your, this unknown God is you can have this temple. And the, the, oh, this is like the greatest thing. I love it. So he says, I'm going to introduce that God to you today. Yeah. And then he basically goes into the natural knowledge of God, which we talked about in chapel that... Mm-hmm. You know, we, we see God in the world around us, the God who made all things, the heavens and the earth, and numbers our days and appoints the times and places where we will have our lives. Basically, that yeah, this God that you, you know, you know there is a God. He kind of, that's what he does affirm. You're right in mm-hmm. saying there is someone bigger than us out there. There's mm-hmm. a divine being. But you, you don't know that he's reaching out to you. He, he's done this so that you will reach out to him and find him, but they haven't found him yet because they haven't found the scriptures that mm-hmm. revealed knowledge of God and he, he says in the past God overlooked such ignorance um, basically just saying you know God um, has has not punished people in this world immediately for their idolatry he's he's been patient but he has set a day judgment day when he will judge the world by the man appointed so wow. he's basically saying time's running up for you running out for you I should say and God is not going to let this world go on forever with its idolatry. He's mm-hmm. he, there is a time when this world will come to an end, and the one doing ju- the judgment will be Jesus. And God has proved that He's chosen this man by raising him from the dead. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, a, a genius way of using the natural knowledge as a bridge to the revealed knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. And do you remember what the reaction was? Oh man, I don't. I'm going to say they a lot of them. Many of them thought it was ludicrous, and they again the concept of the resurrection was was too much for them. But mm-hmm. some of them wanted to know more, so it's it's mixed results. Mm-hmm. But just the the fact that Paul goes and, and has this chance to preach the gospel publicly and takes it, there's there's a lot for us to learn here. He does it with gentleness and respect, is our lesson from First Peter uh, says. I think this this coming Sunday, yeah. So he he just he's a good role model for us to follow, and in a in an environment that was very tense and potentially hostile to him to take the opportunity to proclaim christ is pretty cool yeah and i really like how he just like he he found a way to use something like very normal for them like Mm -hmm. this temple for the unknown god yeah um 
because like you don't just have to like start talking about Jesus out of context. Like you could, yeah, you can weave it into your conversation naturally. Yeah, and I think that's that's the better approach, isn't it? As opposed to just, excuse me, sir, do you have a minute to talk about <laughs> our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Yeah, I think <laughs> to work it into to segue into it from some something you're talking about with somebody mm-hmm. is is much better than just yeah dragging someone new in a conversation mm-hmm. about religion when maybe they're not ready for it. Yeah. All right, our gospel is comes right after our gospel from last week that got to preach on Jesus saying, um, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So this comes right after that. It's Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. That's our, our, where our theme comes from for this this week, you know, that I he lives that I might live for him. So that is that's such a basic concept, but so important. Oh, yeah. Why do we obey God? Because we're... We love him. Yeah, because we're afraid of him. No. no, we we obey out of love. I think we're we're so bent that way that I'm I'm going to obey. I'm going to obey the adults in my life and obey my teachers because if I don't, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to lose things. I'm going to lose. There will be consequences, some punishment. But that's not our relationship with God. We obey God out of love for Him, um, and that, I think that's we we see how that works, right? I mean, when you think about how much God has has done for you, especially forgiving you through Jesus, then yeah, we want to say thank you by obeying him. And there are plenty of points in our life where nobody would know if we obeyed God or not, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's private points or things in our head or just the decisions we make. Nobody would have to know, but we make the right decision anyway because we love God mm-hmm. and we're responding to his love. And I think that's like so great when it comes to like if you're, you know, a parent or whatever um you don't you don't have to use like the consequences and the you know like do this not that mm-hmm. all the time like the, mo- the really motivating is just talk about jesus a lot mm-hmm. like really get excited about jesus right or just say lies make baby jesus cry no oh, i don't like that no that's what you that should is do. really then, weird then kids if, if they ever <laughs> sin they think i just i think baby jesus is crying right now definitely don't do that right uh, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. So, you know, Jesus knows Spirit. our obedience is yeah. going to be tough. And I'm going to send the Spirit so that our faith is strengthened and we can make better choices. And also the truth of God's Word, then we learn what good choices look like. Mm-hmm. So that's an important concept. How do we know what obedience looks like? The Bible tells us. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't give us um, exact guidance for every situation, but it gives us principles to follow. And the more we read scripture, the more mature, better, obedient decisions we can make. Uh, Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you before the long, will, world, long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. So that, that fits wow. a lot with the sermon text from last week where Jesus says, I'm, I'm leaving. You know the, where, where I'm going. And Thomas, I don't, we don't know the way. And you know, Philip saying, show us the Father. And Jesus saying, wait, what? You've... <laughs> you've seen him because you've seen me. And so Jesus is reassuring them now a couple of verses later. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going, but I'm, I'm not really going. You're not going to see me. The world won't see me, but you'll still see me through with your eyes of faith. That's awesome. And then it finishes with this verse. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. So once more connecting obedience to love, mm-hmm. not fear. Not uh, just you know, fear of punishment or anything Not like that, but our, 
yeah, yeah, I have to, I have to obey God because, well, this is what he wants me He's to do, God, so I have so, to do it. Yeah. But no, as we read the Ten Commandments and approach them, I mean, I think we, we approach from this attitude of love. Okay, this, this God loves me so much and I love him. So how do I show that love for him? I, I don't, I can't show love to God the same way that I would show love to someone on this earth where I like, you know, buy someone, a, buy you a gift or something or spend, spend time with you. Like, let's go do something that you like to do. But I can show my love to God by taking his commands seriously and striving mm-hmm. to live them out. Well, and like when you when you really stop to like examine yourself and recognize your sin and then you see just like this abundance of grace that God has given you at every turn. Um, it's like you're just so grateful mm-hmm. that you, it's like a prim- like you feel honored to be able to like obey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's exciting. That's, that's, it is exciting. Mm-hmm. Anything more on the gospel? Nope. Okay. Uh, here's the hymn verse for this week. It's actually the preschool and kindergarten are singing this song this weekend, and I thought it might be. I just really like that song. It fits well with our, our lesson from Acts. Go ahead. All things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small, all things wise and wonderful, the Lord God made them all. Each little flower that opens, each little bird that sings, God made their glowing colors, God made their tiny wings. What do you think of that? That's really neat. I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's, so this is, this is a reflection of that natural knowledge of God, that we see all these, these creatures great and small that God, God has made, uh, and just to, to look around at nature and see God's wisdom and power in that mm-hmm. is, is such a good reminder, so they'll... They'll sing that, I believe, at the beginning of the service, and we, we heard it in chapel on Wednesday. They did a great job. All right, final question. What will living for God look like this weekend? Do you want me to go first? Yes, please. So what will living for God look like this weekend? I, I like the concept of living on borrowed time. Like it shouldn't shouldn't be here. I mean, I think you've, you hear stories about someone who maybe their their heart stopped on the operating table and they were revived or someone was drowning and a lifeguard rescued them or just some sort of a, they a first death. Yeah, yeah some first responder brought them back when they should have died and you just think that inevitably when you hear them talk about life now in their interviews afterwards it's just like yeah I, I i have a new sense of purpose because i should be gone and i'm not and i think for us as christians we have an even greater purpose which is like i i don't deserve god's grace i don't deserve this promise of heaven uh, I deserve God to abandon me like an orphan. But because of that, because I'm living on borrowed time, a life that's not my own, I, I want to I think about obedience. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, this isn't my life to just do whatever I want, which is so easy to think that way. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I just, this is my time. I'm going to make decisions that are, that are pleasing to me, that are, make me happy in the moment, that take no consideration about what God says or no consideration what, what other people in my life need. But if, if this is really God's life that he's given me, well, then yeah, I do. I want to I stop and, and think about what he calls me to do and, and what that would mean you know, for the decisions I make each day, how I talk to someone, how I respond to someone. Mm-hmm. I really like how like uh, that can tie closely to, you know, the and when Paul was in Athens talking to people who like really elevated like logic and reason and like, you know, I mean, it's so easy to like set our own plans, you know, like this is my agenda. This is what, um, you know, these are my goals, boom, boom, boom. And like really not 
take a step back and say like, okay, um, this doesn't, whatever God is saying, you know, in this part of scripture that I'm reading, it doesn't make sense. Um, and I don't really like it. Um, and I think maybe it shouldn't apply to me, mm-hmm. but like lean on, lean not on your own understanding, like yeah. be able to understand that God is, God is so much smarter mm-hmm. and so much like he's so wise. So yeah. like he, we really should obey his commands because mm-hmm. he's so smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he loves us and he knows, mm-hmm. just is telling us what's good for us right, rather than exactly. being arbitrary and like right. do this now. It's like, no, this is yeah. what's healthy and good yeah. and right for yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, well, last week we started a, a new, I don't know, program, you would call it at the end, where we revealed one digit of your social security <laughs> number. Um, I think, do you want to, so we would, I mean, I was thinking we'd reveal the second digit yeah. of your security number, social security right. number today. But I think it'd be fun if we reveal another number further on down the line, so after the nine weeks that people get all the nine numbers. Sure. But then it's like a jumble, they've got to figure out which, yeah, you know, what yeah. order like it is. more of a puzzle. So do you want to say the the number do you want me to do it i'll have you do it okay so the second number not the second number in the order or maybe it is i'm really impressed that you know my social security maybe this is a fake out (laughs) but another number of carrie's social security number is uh the ampersand sign (laughs) it is really weird that you're yeah it is strange i've seen how many times i've asked you can i can you show me your social security card and it's got it's got the crying laughing emoji and then somewhere else in there it's got the ampersand so i don't know if there's some sort of clerical error but there you go um happy puzzling yes (laughs) all right bye bye